Well, here it is, the next episode of Aussie Rideshare, episode number 34. And I just want to let you know that the conversations recorded in this podcast, this episode, were done before the current COVID outbreak. So don't worry, nobody got in the car within this outbreak period. The other thing I need to let you know as well is there's some sensitive content that is discussed with one of my passengers around suicide. And it's very prevalent, and I understand it's a very sensitive you know, sad topic, but I just wanted to let everybody know that it is a part of life, sadly, but unfortunately it is. And uh, one of my passengers just touches on it a couple of times. So look, I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you do have a need to speak to somebody, please reach out. There's plenty of organizations out there that would love to have a chat to you. Don't feel embarrassed. I know that there are times when I've needed to lean on a few people but I've been lucky to have those friends and family and organisations out there that I can talk to, so please reach out. Anyway, enjoy this episode, number 34 of Aussie Rideshare. Hi, my name's Christian, and this is Aussie Rideshare. I quit my corporate job so I could spend more time with my amazing daughters and have incredible chats with regular people here in Sydney, because life's too short not to do something you love. Well, this is a good job. Second job this morning's a 30-minute job from Bondi with Ryan. Good job at 10 past 7. Just gets you gets, gets you going for the day. I wonder if this is him. How are you, mate? Good brother yourself. All right, my man. Uh, hand sanitizer in the back. And you, man, it's mate, how good is it? And the microphone in the middle here. Yeah. We're recording for my podcast. Oh, beautiful. So I hope you don't mind if we leave it on. That's fine, man. We've got 30 minutes to get a story out of you. Too good. What have you been up to anyway? I'm actually, uh, actually going back to lockdown in Melbourne, bro. Is that right? Yeah, I've been. Was up here for soccer and been here for like two months. Who do you play for? Uh, Western United. Mate, how long have you been playing for Western United? I think I picked up the logo like sort of November. This is my first year. Are you enjoying it? Yeah, it was good. Um, what position do you play? Goalkeeper. Is that right? Yeah. Where did you lads finish? Uh, we ended up finishing uh, fifth. Fifth, I think. And then we, we won the first final. Who were you playing? We, we beat Brisbane in the uh, first semi final. We lost to Melbourne City and got knocked out. So. What's it like playing at that level though? Well, it's good. I'm sort of like coming into sort of bed on the bench, sort of like number two goalkeeper. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's a step up from where I was, so it's, it's, a, it's interesting. And you signed a contract? Yeah. How long for? I've signed another two years. Is that right, mate? Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. So, sort of just hanging on to hanging on to a bit of Sydney for a few weeks and uh, went and visited my grandma up Port Macquarie and then yeah, nice. come back. Get back home, mate. When does training start? Is that right? Yeah. Where did you fall in love, mate? Um, Rick, would you buy a hotel? Mate, it's where love starts. It's where love starts. What's Chloe's story? How old was she? How old are you, mate? Twenty-four. Who met? Who? So who? Who caught? Who caught? Whose eye first? And then who went over and introduced themselves? I don't know, I reckon, I sort of, I reckon she, she caught my eye, but I knew, I knew exactly where she was, and there was sort of a bit of a, 
just a bit of a nod. <laughs> Is that right? And have you exchanged details? Yeah, got some digits. <laughs> oh, I love it, mate. I love it. Who'd you play for back in Melbourne before you went uh, to yes, uh, West? I played for Bentley. Okay. So it sort of does like the the NPL down there, which is um, yeah, sort of like top league Victoria. Yeah, so nice. I played there for five years, and then I went to Europe on holiday, and then come back, and the guy got injured, and they needed someone, and up you stepped. As soon as I got back from holiday, I was in. So, what was that like when they rang, gave you call and said, mate, we need you to uh, turn up at uh, Western United? Oh, it was, fuck, it was a bit sort of, a bit out of because I've been away and it was a bit underdone. But, um, yeah, it's, it is what it is. So, yeah, right. <laughs> Work rocked up and had a crack. So, who are the marquee players? And again, mate, you, you, obviously, I'll, I'll say you're a marquee player, but yeah. who are the marquee players at Western United? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Name to uh, uh, Alessandro Diamanti and Bessart Brisha. Oh, wow. Okay, so Bessart was at Brisbane, wasn't he? Yeah, he's at Brisbane. Um, then he went to Melbourne. And then he came, I think he went to Japan, but then he came to He's us. a bit of a troublemaker, that one. Yeah, he's he's, uh, he's pretty, I mean, he's just he's just, just strong. He's competitor. Yeah, that's what I like about him. He's good, very good. He's not there to make friends, is he? No, nah, he's there to score goals and win. That's it, mate, that's it. That is usually what he does. So. Yeah, so true, so true. Uh, what's your greatest moment in soccer so far? Debut's always good. I made the debut in Adelaide. And um, did you? What was the result at the end? We won five-one. Yeah. The one on. you, the one you let through. What happened? Oh look, probably should have done a little bit better, but we are we'll getting that off here. <laughs> I um. Uh, every, everyone. Yeah, every, every, the other keeper got injured. And yep. Sort of like you're right, you're on. It's like fuck, we're hot. And then yeah, we won, which is good. But we won, won a few flags at Bentley, so we won. 15, 17, and 19. Oh, nice. And were, yeah, that was special. 19, probably the. We finished fifth. Oh, you've seen some Australian from finals. The finals was top six, and then we. Yeah, we just bullshitted our way to the flag first. <laughs> Is that right, mate? Yeah. I love that. I love that. What's your most embarrassing mistake in goal? So. Yeah, you know, someone's. You've come out to the top of the box or something, and someone's lobbed it over your head from 50. Yeah. I have been bent halfway before. No way. Yeah. Um, so what happened there? Where were uh, you standing like at the time? A, yeah, sort of like a, th- a through ball. I've sort of run out of my box, raced, sort of beat another guy to from their team, hoofed it back over halfway. This guy's just taken it in his chest and then half volley from his own half. And you just watched the go overhead? Like he run back and, yeah, straight overhead and in. <laughs> it's always when you, like, if you get tackled, sort of you trip on the ball, you get caught on it. Like, it's happened a couple of times, but... Try not to make a habit of it. You've had that area before? Yeah, yeah, it's a man. So, are you nervous before a game? Oh, not really. Like, not now? When I first, when I had my debut, I was nervous because I don't know, it's sort of, everyone's watching now, so you're a bit, a bit shaky, but not, yeah, usually I'm right. Just sort of sell pretty quickly. Get on with it. That's it, mate. Have you, have you got other family that uh, play at the league level of sport as well? Uh, my brother plays in just sort of like the league, like Victoria. Yeah, nice. Uh, and uh, my dad obviously used to play when he was younger. He was a goalkeeper as well, so sort of trying to get it, I guess. Did you follow in the family's footsteps, or was it always was it always soccer for yeah, you? Yeah, always soccer. So, yeah? Yeah, just following my brother. And was it always goalkeeper, though? Not till 16. So I used to play, like, 
up front and then sort of just drifted back. Yeah, wasn't going to go anywhere with it, so I was like, I'll have a go cars and see. And what's go. what's the long term dream for you then? Obviously, you're playing here at Western United, got a couple of years on the contract. Yeah. Um, Where do you see yourself in five years' time? I'd love to play overseas. Obviously, everyone, I think everyone wants to play for the country. You'd, you'd be happy playing Div 1, Div 2 over in the EPL or something like that? Oh, that, yeah, be real. Um, it's just it's play, a different level, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's like, see, short term, I want to play here first, yeah. establish yeah. myself here, and then probably look abroad, but baby steps, so. Yeah, mate, don't, you know, you're only 24, yeah. boss. Oh, well, exactly. And you're going to get Chloe back. Yeah, that's the other thing. Fucking hell. What was her story? What did she do for a living? Or did you not get to that part? Hey, you look like you're a bit besotted to me. <laughs> right, shit, I knew this was going to happen. The old, the old boy said, he said, stay off the piss tomorrow. I said, he said, look over yourself before you come home. I said, yeah, all right. No, they'd said, all right, let's have a couple. Yeah, exactly. Down at the Coogee Bay. Bay. And there she was. Yeah. Um, bless you, dude. So you, you play guitar as well, mate? Yeah, just a bit of a mess around on it. Nothing silly, but... You know, I, I'll be honest, I hate blokes like you. <laughs> um... And, you know, no disrespect though, right? <clears throat> you know, you turn up, you play this thing called soccer, you get a two-year contract at Western United, you know, you drift into the Coogee Bay, you pick up Chloe, who's probably probably nothing short of one of the best-looking girls there. And when I picked you up this morning, you sort of swan into my car with a guitar on your shoulder, you know, the rugged good looks, and then a story to boot, mate. You're, flattered. you're killing me. I have no future. Is that my no good luck. It don't, you don't have to bloke, play it. Yeah, but I'm not the bloke that's going to be like, oh, I'll play your song. Like, like I usually play it myself, I don't really play it anyone. But I know what you mean. There's that, always that one wanker that thinks he can play guitar. But it doesn't matter if you can't, mate. <laughs> You're actually just carrying around a guitar. Yeah, it could be true. empty for all I know. That's true. There's a big crack in it, too. Someone fucking busted it. But... So, do you, you guys might actually, you guys would have travelled normally for soccer, though, wouldn't have you? Yeah. West, you would have gone overseas and played some games. So, we, well, we travel around Australia and we, we go to New Zealand as well. So, okay. Obviously, there's 11 teams and yeah, Wellington's in the competition. So. Yeah. Who's the toughest toughest opponent? Oh, Sydney. Sydney always. Sydney, good side. Melbourne, good side. They won 1 0, didn't they, in the yeah, final? They beat the Melbourne City. If, Sydney were tough as well. They beat us a few times this year. Um, and what's Bessart like? Yeah, he's cool. Yeah. Probably I guess if he's in he your looks, team, yeah. he's, he's an alright bloke. If you're yeah, playing against yeah, him, he's, he's, just a, he's like a hard one. I've always said that. Like if someone you play against, you don't like him, and then you meet him, and like, oh, he's all right. Yeah. Mate, on the pitch, it's, yeah, it's, exactly. it's, it's, a, it's a battle. Yeah. It's supposed to be. If you go out there and your best of mates are yeah. like, well, I'll, won't, I won't tackle you too because I know you. Exactly. No, you're not. Mate, that's the end of your career. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's really cool. Like, he's, he's like a little kid. Like, he's, you know, he just loves playing and winning and scoring goals, so. Mate, he's bloody good at that, he's isn't he? He's happy. happy that, Who's the best player in the world, do you think? Debate. Um, I can't believe how much money Messi has in his contract. Yeah, Seven hundred and eighteen million. Ridiculous. To, to get him away. Yeah. Ridiculous. I mean, he's, he's, and I can't believe he's only thirty-three. It's like, I feel like I've been listening for the last twenty yeah. years. It's, that's how long he's been the top of his game for. It's crazy. But he's still got another ten years in him. Yeah, he he could play for another ten years. Yeah. Him and Ronaldo, they're both. Yeah, they're not bad. Have you ever met them? Uh, no, I haven't. I've, 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 I think I've seen. I think I saw Madrid play here once. And do you have to train every day? Every day, yeah. 
So we got six weeks off now, four weeks off Sunday. I've got like running programs which actually start today, so oh, I'll we'll start. Yeah, do, do you ever wake up and say, you know what, fuck today? Yeah. You know, I've got the contract. Yeah. What's the worst can happen? I'll, I'll give it a day off. So I sort of don't, because, only because I was a bricklayer. And I know it's like to have to get up and slug your ass all day. So. And if you don't want to do that again? Exactly. So. That's the right That's attitude, mate. Read the text sometimes. And, and What's this? I like running this gold table. I was going to say, mate, you don't go far from the box. Yeah, exactly. What's the most you've let through in a game? Probably five, I reckon. To what? First one hurts. Second one's, <laughs> you're like, by oh, the fifth one, you fuck it. Okay, yeah. Is that time yet? Get me to the pub. That's. <laughs> been pretty successful in the like, teams I played with, usually won. Won a lot of Bentley. That's good, man. Yeah, three, three flags. Three and five, yeah. That Had they won many before that? Uh, I think their first, their first major title was my first year there. I was on the bench that year, but number two. But then I played the next four seasons. Yeah, we won, won so much. Awesome cups and premiers plates, grand finals. I love it. Now, are you uh, Virgin or Qantas, mate? Virgin. Yeah. I don't know if those, these airlines are still running, but <laughs> Tiger's gone. Yeah. One of the boys just got out of quarantine. Eh? He was established for a bit, then he went back to Gold Coast. Yeah. So he's been locked up for two weeks. And he just got he out? He just got out last night, yeah. He's, he's buzzing. We FaceTime every day, he's been going mad. Oh, really? So Mate, episode eight of the podcast. Yeah. When you get to the airport, download number or download all of them. Yeah. Do the right thing. Yeah. Um, but listen to number eight. Yeah, There's a guy yeah. called Drew Piper. Yeah. Don't know him, but he was, he was a passenger. I'll never forget his name. He was on the first plane back into Australia from the UK that where they yeah. put everyone into quarantine. Oh, no. The story he told was awesome. <laughs> so it'll make you laugh. Yeah. It's only half an hour long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, give his a listen. Yeah, nice. And just yeah, send it to your mate and say, if you're doing yeah. it as tough as him. But he was, yeah. he, he, he was lucky enough to have his PS4 with him. Yeah, okay. But that helps. he was drinking at nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> He had nothing else to do. But he yeah. was telling the stories about the food and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, like, mate, was... I'd hate to do it. Oh, we did it when we come to Sydney, but at least with the boys. So we sort of yeah, we went out to train and we trained and come back. But we weren't leave other than that. But it was at least an so you had, oh, she had special exemptions? Yeah, to get out. We like, went to the airport three times to try and leave and got knocked back twice. Like, there's people with kids trying to come to Sydney. And oh, yeah, of course. So that was, yeah. Like, no, you can't come because everything was just changing so so frequent. Trying to get us out before we went into lockdown, and then like, all three Melbourne teams were. Oh, that's right. I remember reading about yeah. that. Yeah. So it was third time. And you only just made it out there, yeah. didn't you? Just got out like that. They gave us exemption to stay in. It's funny when you we just call the training and stuff. Yeah, if you drive along here, along the, uh, the yeah. boulevard here, you'll see buses that are taking people to the airport yeah. and they've got police escorts. Yeah. Just normal. Straight up tarmac, straight up the plane. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it's, crazy. it's as though they don't want to get on the thing, but yeah. I reckon they'd be dying to get on. This is incredible. This airport now, there's yeah. you know, a yeah. dozen cars. Oh, it's been awesome, Ryan. That's it, we appreciate it. No, How no. are you doing? Thanks, mate. There should be more people like you. Oh, fuck. Keep, keep it going, bro. Sure, I'll, I'll, okay. That'll go on the podcast. <laughs> I'll come and give you a hand.
Well, that was Ryan. Western United goalkeeper. <whistles> Haven't we struck gold today? He was a good one. Ryan Scott. Thank you, mate. Good story like that. You'll make the podcast, my man. All right, let's keep going. Next job is Alana. 16-minute trip. New message from Alana. Great thank you. Oh, that's a lovely message from Alana. Great thank you. Hey, Alana. How are you going? Good, how are you? Very well, thank you. Good. Just going to North Bondi? Yes, that's right. No dramas. I thought so. Oh. Series talk. Now, what's happening yeah. with you today? Um, not, not very much. I just came from work. Yeah. Now, I can't turn right there, but I just need to go down a little bit further. Yeah, that's all right. Um, yeah, just work around here. Yep. And on my way to... No, I'm very boring. I'm <laughs> on my way to a um, hair appointment. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with that. Everyone yeah. needs their hair done. Yeah, I need a little bit of TLC. Exactly, um, exactly. That's exactly what you need. Yes. What do you do for work? Um, I'm actually um, the assistant manager of a rehab for um, young people, so teenagers aged 13 to 18. As in rehab for? Drug and alcohol, yeah. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. Do you know, I, I actually had a girl in the car called Connie. Yes. Who was 29 and she was going to detour house. Oh, yeah, in yeah, Glebe. yeah, I know them. Yep. And this is only three months ago, two yeah. months ago. Oh, wow. But okay. we released episode nine on her 30th birthday a week wow. after we picked her up. Oh, or I, wow. The week after I picked her up, sorry. Yeah. But she was 70 days clean. <gasps> wow, good on her. That's it was amazing. just, wow. and I got quite emotional when she got out because yeah. I've got two daughters that are eight and 12. Oh, wow, cute. Yeah, well, they had times. And, but it was it was an amazing story. She was six years an alcoholic every day to the to the point of passing out. Wow! And wow. her story was just. And when she got out of the car, she said, "Thank you so much for listening." And that. And that was it. That, that was that. That was wow. enough to make my day. Wow! It was just awesome. What's the biggest problem you have with, or the biggest issue that these young kids are facing with the ones you're dealing with that are 17, 18, and that sort of stuff? Um, How do they get into alcohol at that age? I mean, so so badly. And drugs, yeah. I mean, it's um, it's usually a combination. It's, it's either I see it's usually one or the other. It's usually like quite complex trauma. And um, you're talking about family trauma, or family is it trauma, just any sort of trauma? Uh, any sort of trauma, really. But it's mostly, yeah, it is mostly down to the family and how you know how they've been raised or things that might have happened to them whilst they were being raised. And are you talking about families that are already have alcohol issues or drug issues, and they're then some, but some. Some just have like like broken families, or you know, the family itself has experienced a trauma. And their escape is alcohol and drugs. Exactly, and their escape is alcohol and drugs. What do you do when they when someone knocks on your door? How do they come to you? So I hope you don't mind me asking. No, 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 please. This, I get asked all the time. So okay, I do appreciate weird. that because if there's anybody that ends up listening to, yeah. you know, if and no, needs help. Yeah, yeah, needs help. This is just the way to go. Exactly, so, yeah. so when someone knocks on your door, what do you yeah, do? So, well, they usually um, give us a call. Yep. So. Um, Or hospitals, or doctors, or police. Uh, we take from custody as well. So. Oh really? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have young people from um, juvenile justice centres across New South Wales. Actually, across everywhere really, but during yeah. COVID, mostly New South Wales. Um, and yeah. So. So they come to you. 
Yeah, uh, you say, yeah, yeah, fair enough, come and stay with us. Yeah, there's like a, um, an assessment process. So they have to like call, we put them in their system, then they have like a one and a half hour assessment process with like one of our counsellors. Um, yeah. How, how, do, how do they settle in? What's the normal? Oof, it's hard. <laughs> it's I, hard for them. I um, bet it is, yeah. Yeah, so I, I mean, it depends. Yeah, some, some young people, I mean, they're, they're, we always say to them, like, it's so difficult. We're not only taking away drugs with char, you know, and, and alcohol, which you're, um, have kind of saved you, you know, over the past few months. We're also taking away, like, your phone, your access to the people you love. Really? Um, yeah, we're, we're taking away, and for a teenager, that is... That's massive. Massive, yeah. What's their reaction, though, when, I mean, do, are, are some of them violent back to you guys to say, look, you know, I want my phone, or I want... Yeah, oh, yeah. The withdrawals of the drug and alcohol are pretty severe? Yeah. Um, we're lucky for teenagers that, we've, like, well, the drug of choice among teenagers these days, or the, the one we see the most is usually cannabis and um, methamphetamine, so, so ice. Um, and those two don't have physical withdrawal symptoms, but rather mental withdrawal symptoms. Right. So, um, they, you know, go into a bit of a depression or, you know, the anxiety levels skyrocket. That's usually what we see in terms of withdrawals. And so, yeah, that can make them pretty angry. The fact that they have to follow all these rules suddenly when their lives have been completely chaotic. Although you find that they do crave the structure. Like, yeah, I bet you know, they do. Their lives are so chaotic that, you know, that they're young. They need the kind of routine and the structure. And How long are they with you for? Um, so it's a three-month program, but it's voluntary, which means that like they can kind of—it's not like a clinic where we like, strap them down and you know give them an injection of medication. Like they can come and they can leave at any time, but it doesn't—you know—and and we'll take a kid back a few times. I was about to say, yeah. do you, do you have repeat, repeat offenders? Yeah, we've got repeat clients. Yeah, so they actually that's offender—that's not the right word, is it? It's, it's... Oh, some of them are offenders, but oh, <laughs> no, I guess they are. But I guess that's a derogatory term in the sense that yeah. they're just young people. Yeah, they're just young. They repeat. Their behaviors. Yeah, so, well, that's how did you get into that? Yeah, good story. Actually, um, I did my degree in counseling, so um, child and adolescent counseling at uni, and um, one of I, I've always wanted to work with young people my whole life. Yep. Um, I just kind of click really well, and um, I also really believe in early intervention. Like, I, I think sometimes when you're an adult and you haven't worked on yourself it can get really severe and it's not too it's never too late but it's a lot harder yeah i get it i understand so i never thought i'd get into drug and alcohol to be honest but i did my placement at my now current job during uni oh that's awesome so and i, and I absolutely loved it so. so so the psychology of that sort of stuff i had mel shillings in my car last week oh, who's yeah. the psychologist of married at first sight oh wow yes so yes, she I was she was one of my celebrity chats so, so she's yes. going to be in my podcast as one of the celebrities oh, cool. so but she was talking about when she first started, she was in child protection. Really? Yeah, so her That's first... So interesting, I didn't know that. Yeah, her first um, foray into psychology yeah. was with child protection, having to go into homes with court orders and saying, we're going to take your child away. Wow. Um, That's so difficult. That must be difficult. But <laughs> That's I, heart-wrenching, I, yeah. Do, do you get emotionally involved? Yeah, a lot of people ask me that too. It's, um, I do... I do sometimes. Um, do you want to just take one of them home and say, listen, you yes, know, I'll look I after do. you? <laughs> yeah, it's very tempting. Um, but, uh, you know, sometimes you go home and you think about them. But I, I, I think it's very important. Like, I do heaps of self-care. I think it's very important to kind of leave your work at work. How do you um, switch off then? I just, I, I just, once I leave work, it's kind of like imaginarily taking off like a suit of armor. You're like, okay, like, that's my work. Yeah, because you, are, you guys then... are superheroes, aren't you? <laughs> sort of. You are. You, I mean, you're giving these, these young kids... 
uh, just another shot because if, if they didn't come to you, there's the, or the, the likelihood is that they're going to offend you know, in a criminal sense in some way, and they some of these guys could end up dead, yes, which is yes, just heartbreaking. Do, which is really, yeah, yeah. We've had ex-clients that you know we found out have, have passed away through the drug and alcohol issues. Sometimes, sometimes through like um, suicide, and sometimes through gang. Like gang warfare, which sounds weird, but like you know they'll you know have a revenge crime done on them, like they'll get shot or. Wow. What's the most confronting thing you've seen in your job? Um, I'd say suicide attempts. um, At 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 the place you're at. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what is the what is the suicide choice? How do they? How do they do it? Yeah. How do they try and do it? Oh, there's a couple of ways. Um, they'll they'll try whatever they can really. So, um, there's been you know hangings. They've been drinking. You know products. Oh wow! Um, of course, we we you know we have we try our best to make everything as safe to, as safe as possible. But if a young person or anyone really wants to, I'll find complete a way. or try, they will find a way. There's no there's nothing foolproof that we can or anyone can provide to be like, oh yeah, you know, there's no way this person can attempt because at the end of the day, you know, they can jump in front of cars, jumping in front of cars again. You know, we t- take them on recreations and stuff like that. So if they want to, they will. The sad part about that is, I guess, if they do try and they're successful, yeah. what sort of impact does that have on all of you guys? Do you well, think, why do we bother? <laughs> I mean, do you think, you know, I'm just not cut out for this? Um, you, I, yeah, like, sometimes I have days like that, but I think most times I don't feel like that. I think, like, if they've had a positive experience in their life through us and learned one thing, that, for me, is a win, you know? Like, whether they've had a positive experience of rehab, even if it's been a week, I feel like for me that's that's a huge win because you know that might that's that's a safe experience where people have cared about them and they might have never had that in their lives. So, do any of them ever come back and say thank you? Yeah, I mean, um, not a lot, but the ones that that do sometimes you know the ones that do get through the program um, and make it to the three months, they'll have like a little leaving ceremony. At yeah, the end. nice. Yeah, well, like they'll say nice things about us, and we we'll say nice things about them, and it's like a whole, it's like a graduation almost, really. Um, so yeah, the ones that get to the end of the program, and they thank us on the job sometimes as well, which is you know, is really something when they do. To be honest, I, I can bet. Yeah. So obviously, you have to have people there day and night. Yes, yeah, so it's yeah, twenty four hours. So are you are you the are you the day person, or do you, have I, you done nights as well? Yeah, so I, I work nine to five now, but when I started, I was a youth worker, so I used to work shift work, so nights and. What's the hard thing about the nights? Uh, <laughs> um, nights is not so um, client intensive because they're all supposed to be asleep, but um, it sometimes like I used to work evenings too. So, but the nights is like overnight, so usually they're supposed to be asleep. But sometimes you can have you know crises that like leak into the night, so yeah. you know, somebody's gone off and smashed some things or whatever it is, um, and you kind of you arrive at like eleven and the house is in chaos. It doesn't happen all the, uh, uh, often, sorry, but. How do you deal with that though? How do you deal with with a with a and it's a child? I mean, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely, they're yeah, a child. child Seventeen, yeah. eighteen, they're still children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you deal with a child that is having a a, a uh, an episode? I guess yeah, an episode. Yeah, yeah. an episode. Uh, how do you deal with them when when they're in the moment? Um, when they're having the episode. It's, yeah. It's, what what do, you, what do you do? You just, to be honest, you have to be really calm. I think most of the time they experience people yelling at them and telling them what to do in those moments. You know, and, and, and screaming at them and, and force and um, physical um, type contact. So you have to kind of do the opposite to that, which is strange. Like people are like, what? But you have to be very calm, soothing. Um, it's going to be okay. We're going to get through this together. Um, 
you know, there's, there's specific techniques that we learn, yeah, I guess, nice. on the job um, to, to bring a young person and we call it back down to baseline, which is their baseline of functioning. Where do you see yourself, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Still doing the same thing? Um, probably not, to be, <laughs> to be honest with you. Is there, is there a life to this? Yeah, like, I mean, like, you know, does it, is it a five-year thing? Is it a ten-year thing? I've been there, so December will be five years for yeah. me um, at the organisation and, and, and in the rehab. And um, I don't, I don't, like, I don't have my own kids, but I can imagine when and if I do have my own kids, it would be quite challenging um, to come home. Because, you know, I, I come home and I've got my own time to kind of process the job, chill, do my meditation, whatever I need to do, go on a walk. But when you have kids, you're not doing that. You're worrying about, you know, yeah. okay, let's put on dinner, let's take dinner, as you would know. Yeah, as <laughs> I know, yeah, absolutely. So it's, I think, I think it gets, I, I'm not unrealistic about, <laughs> about the fact that my life could change in that way and, and it's probably not that sustainable. But I do see myself continuing some work I was about to say, what do you, yeah. okay, if you're not going to do that, what's the next step for you? You know, if, you, if in five years' time you say, right, I've had a great run at this, I'm 10 done. years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's the next step for uh, for Alana? Um, I think probably, um, definitely, yeah, some counselling work. Um, maybe, you know, just a private practice, but also I'd like to do that maybe part-time and then part-time doing still some like social work type stuff. Yep. Um, which, like, I'd like the mix of both. Um, and probably not a 24-hour service. I think that's the part that really gets to you because you can't, you know, when you're having clients that come in and out, you're, you're okay, you've got your hour session and see you later, but, um, you know, having a 24-hour service, it's constantly on my mind in terms of, are the kids okay? Are they safe? Like, what am I going to walk into today? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's, um, yeah. Mel, Mel made that comment though. She yeah. did the, she did the child protection stuff for just such a short period of time because it was so intense. Yes, yes, yes. And I, I sense that yours is the same. Yeah, it's very intense. And it has a short shelf life. It does, yeah. yeah it um, does. But that is just, that's just me. We, I take my hat off to you guys. I really do. Um, <laughs> you. you know, myself having come from being put in boys' homes when I was young. Right, okay, yeah. Um, and being adopted and that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah. I understand that fracture mm-hmm. within the family. And in fact, my yeah. ex and I, we separated four years ago. Right, okay. Uh, so our daughters were five and nine at the time. Yeah. Um, and look, that was just a reality in the situation. We just weren't a good couple anymore. We just yeah, didn't sure. love each other. And yeah, that, yeah. that happens. It does happen, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but look, I mean, you know, we're, we've got two awesome kids. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the main thing and hopefully they'll turn out to be good people I'm sure, I'm sure they, they will, will. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm sure they will so Sweet. yeah I um, have a younger sister myself so yeah, there you go. Um, I understand what it's like it's a very special relationship having a sister that's for sure yeah. so do you have a partner you go home to and then talk yes. about with this sort of stuff yes <laughs> and what does your partner say um, she's very supportive actually yeah um, and she's does she yeah. sometimes say to you look Alana Okay, that's enough. It's too much, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, she actually, she's, no, she doesn't, but I um, I am very conscious of that. Like, I'm awesome. conscious of not kind of burdening her with, with you know, a load <laughs> yeah, <and laughs> too I much because it's, you know, I I don't know how I'd feel if somebody came home and dumped on me every day. Totally get it. Well, look, we're here. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for having a chat. That no was worries. awesome. I just love that story. And uh, thank, thank you so much you. for all the great work you guys do. No worries. I will check in. Yeah, please do. Enjoy your hair Thank appointment. You See you, Alana. <laughs> bye bye. Well, that was Alana, and that she was a great story. Bloody hell, these youth workers doesn't 
They deserve medals, they really do. Wow, loved her story. Loved her story. Reminds me of Connie and she's a, she was a cracking girl, that one. And there it is, the end of episode 34 of Aussie Rideshare. Again, just a fantastic couple of chats. But again, thanks to everybody that's been supporting the podcast. I really am blessed that I get to do this. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And for all those people out there that are liking, sharing, commenting, donating via the Patreon link on the webpage, thank you so much. I love all the comments and the feedback. I look forward to sharing more episodes with you in the coming weeks and months. Remember, life is just a little bit too short, so get out there and do all the things you want to do because you just don't know what tomorrow is going to offer. But in saying that, enjoy today, enjoy tomorrow, and all the days after. Thank you very much.